0: In peace, Jason Gwynn. We- we a great defensive end. Eddie George, Joey Galloway, and Brandon Sane. Jack Tatum, Key Byers, D. Miller, and Joe Jermaine. We getting in you fast, oh boy is it quick. We number one to take the Heisman home like Troy Smith. Shotgun formation, the trigger, we quick to pull it. Mike Dolph, A.J. Hawk, we hit you with silver bullets. The Scarlet and Grey Fever, I feel it in me. It's contagious, you receive it like Heartline and rubiski. You think you gotta stop? We like nails, I'm busting through the middle He's for gone. fifty like Beanie Whales. Oh yeah. State, Oh State, Scarlet and Gray, Oh State, Oh State, it's Scarlet and Gray. The Buckeyes is the name. Scarlet and Gray, Scarlet and Gray, Oh State, Oh State, we. The
1: All righty, welcome back. Uh, Sorry for the little vacation. Um,
2: We are still in the shoe, believe that. (laughs) The shoe still fits. I'm your boy, J Money. And it's the host with the most smoke king, Art. Uh, You definitely have some smoke right now. I got a lot of smoke. Uh, You guys are probably pretty lucky we didn't get to blow some of this steam off last week because... uh, (laughs) Yeah, two pretty pissed off guys up here, uh, rightfully so. Uh, Got a lot of stuff to get into. We're going to recap the entire season. And, uh, you know, a little bit later, we'll get into why that smoke was being uh, avoided being blown.
1: Yeah, and also, too, we got, you know, some of your top bowl games coming up this uh, this postseason. Uh, Some good matchups, some not some good matchups.
2: That's what you usually get, you know, during bowl season. Uh, you know, with the uh, with the playoff package, it's kind of diminished uh, the bowl season, but I still feel like uh, there's something to prove there. You got guys that want to improve their draft stock and uh, guys that want to get better for next year. So um, I think it's something that, that these guys should take full advantage of, and uh, that's what you want to do. You want to always get better. You want to always improve, and this is definitely an opportunity for these guys to improve.
1: Uh, yeah, it's going to be one hell of off season.
2: It will, and I'm sure there will be lots of twists and turns. There's already been uh, coaching carousels and all types of things going on throughout the country, and we'll get into that a little bit later.
1: So, without further ado, let's talk about how this offense did.
2: I believe the offense as a whole had a very successful season. Um, they led the country in points, led the country in yardage per game, Um, offensive efficiency, uh, top three in the nation. Um, where they fell short was in the trenches in the big games, they could not run the ball, and that's where this offense fell flat this season. Other than that, they uh, they did a pretty damn good job this season. I, I don't have too many complaints there. It's it's You know, it is there. Should be put under the microscope a little bit. But uh, the offense as a whole, they did a pretty damn good job this season. What do you think?
1: I'm going to have to agree to disagree.
2: That's fine.
1: I believe, you know, yes, we were the number one offense in the nation with the points per game, yards per game. However, we lacked a consistent – Offensive game.
2: And you're talking about the run game, correct? The
1: run game, the passing game, our O line run block, pass block. It was, we were fighting for our lives. And it wasn't consistent. You could see throughout different games, okay, the Maryland game, that was consistent. Rutgers, that was consistent. Hell, even Indiana, that was consistent in the ring. But then you get to the the convicts from Penn State.
2: Hey, 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 hey now, Uh-oh. I got family in Pennsylvania.
1: Well, <laughs> not in state college. <laughs> uh, so you have them, and we couldn't really do anything. Um, it was a do- it was a dogfight. I mean, yes, there were some key plays, whatever, but that offensive line, we couldn't get the run going.
2: Well. You know, I agree with you there, and that's typically my point. But, you know, the question in – well, the question that's being asked is overall. So I believe overall the offense was very good. But you you are right, is what you alluded to. Um, in the trenches, in the big games is where we suffered because we could not run the ball. And those are one of the things that definitely needs to be addressed in the offseason because, uh, you know, even not just this year – the past seasons before in the big games, we have not been able to run the ball, and that's a problem.
1: Yeah, it is. And with the talent that we have at running back, there should not be no reason why we shouldn't have two 1,000-yard rushers.
2: And uh, those no. those those big hogs we have up front, we shouldn't have a problem running the ball neither. But with and, the scheme and uh, with them lining up four tackles, I believe uh, that's where a little bit of the problem comes in at.
1: Well, I'm about to get – this is one play time that uh, I'm going to have to ask for forgiveness because I'm about to go in on Ryan Day and the offensive line coach. Have Coach Stud. It. Why in the Sam hell do we recruit guards?
2: And don't play them.
1: And don't play them. Even if they are three stars, we recruit them, but we're playing all these mountain of men that are tackles you
2: can't have six six tackles man i mean excuse me you can't have six six guards man it just doesn't make any sense um from a schematic standpoint uh that's why you recruit those guys uh we love guys that are versatile and those are the guys that you want to use in you know in a crunch you don't want to put those guys there to begin with when you already have guys that came in specifically for those positions. So I agree with you. I think that that was a big miss by this coaching staff this year, and hopefully moving forward they change that because it's a recipe that's tried and not true so often. You know what I mean?
1: Yep, and one of the things, too, not only in the offensive line. Excuse me. We need to start playing those damn guards. I agree. But this offseason, you add Mayan and Henderson into Coach Mick's weightlifting program, and I think that will add more muscle to Henderson, so he can become—not necessarily become, but start using that up the middle run. He's got the speed. I agree. Now if he puts that weight on with the muscle. He can lower the boom. It'll it'll it'll
2: certainly help and it uh, you know um, it'll definitely improve him as a player, but as we stated before, it all starts up front. He can put on five thousand pounds of muscle if the guards aren't getting the push up front, it's not gonna make that much of a difference.
1: But I mean if you're not playing your guards then
2: That's <laughs> that's the whole point. You know, it's, it's, it's not going to make that much of a difference. He could be uh incredible hawk back there. If those guys aren't blocking for him, it's not going to bode well. Uh, you know, he's a home run hitting guy. He definitely needs to improve his running in between the tackles and the guards and behind the guards. But that's why they were doing a lot of counters and stuff like that to get him out in open space where he's uh, more dangerous than running in between the tackles right now. But uh I, I agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Even
1: with running, you know, counter plays with Travion and even lion when you're not doing the right down blocks, and you're just blocking straight ahead, or you only got a couple, uh, you only got a couple people, you know, going to you know blocking down, and everybody else is going the other way. Those counters are obsolete, right? You know what? What could right. have happened? Unfortunately, in the game up north, the, the the offensive line, regardless of you know Aiden Hutchinson, you know trying to run like he's the incredible flash, you know go past <laughs> our tackles. What could have happened is the whole entire line down blocks, and we used the misdirection. So, and there was a bunch of Michigan fans that stated. Why? We, we That they were being prepared for the misdirection, for the counters. And all we wanted to do was some isos going between the, guard, you know, between the guards. Not the tackles, but between the guards.
2: So, what was the thing that we consistently and commonly seen throughout the year when we couldn't run the ball? One of the main things that we've seen in each and every one of those games was the running back getting hit before he even got to the line of scrimmage.
1: That, and we also got off schedule. You know, you've talked about it week in and week out, that if we stay if we stay on schedule, there's no team can touch us. None. No team. Absolutely. But when we start beating ourselves with these penalties, with the holdings, with the false starts, illegal shifts, whatever you want to call it,
2: so, and that, that comes back to something that we're going to get into a little bit later because uh, we're going to discuss some coaching changes that may be needed. To me, uh, you know, this conversation that we're having right now goes back to the coach.
1: It does. It goes, know, it goes back to the scheme. It goes back to not only the head coach and the offensive coordinator, but it comes back to that offensive line coach. It does. And, you know, I love Coach Stud to death, but his health over the last couple years have started going downhill. He had surgery this past season, you know, actually during the season, and was out for a couple weeks. You know, before he came back, he hasn't been able to be more, you know, hands-on like he has in the past when he came in under Urban. And, you know, we had some great linemen.
2: I, I believe that in his tenure as a whole, and y- you always want to do, do a total overview of the, of the whole thing instead of just, you know, pinpointing one particular season. But I believe this has been a problem of his, his entire tenure because uh, dating back to, um, you know, Urban Meyer's reign, when we lost those big games uh, up front, we could never run the ball. And it's been an issue, you know, for as long as he's been tenured here. So um, it's definitely something that they have to look at, um, you know, in my opinion, it's time to make a change. Because if you have to play four tackles, that means you're not developing your guards. You're correct. So if you're not developing those recruits, and uh, we get into situations to where it's a repeated pattern, which is what we've seen because we cannot run the football in big games. So you have to look at the person who puts that line together. Absolutely. And like I said, in my opinion, we need a change there. What do you think?
1: I I, I do. I, I believe we do. And if it's not a change for next season, we bring in his replacement as an assistant so that way they could get a a year in the program to build that rapport with some of these recruits coming in, some of these players. Now, instead of just straight coming in and taking over, you know, make, make next season his, his farewell tour. You know what I'm saying?
2: And we haven't even mentioned the fact about the, you know, the recruiting misses. We've had a lot of big misses in there uh he's, he's done a pretty good job recruiting like I said overall his performance overall has been pretty good but this is Ohio State we don't want pretty good we want great um we don't
1: want great we want elite
2: we want great elite we want legends uh we want the best of the best we want the cream of the crop doesn't matter whether it's recruits coaches staffing we want the best of the best. We deserve the best of the best because we have the best damn band in the land. We got the best damn fans in the land, and we deserve better.
1: And we need the best damn team in the land.
2: We need the best damn team in the land. So therefore, pretty good doesn't cut it here. Doesn't cut it. So he's done a pretty good job, I'll say that. But uh, we need better. We need to see more. It's been a, a lot of the same things going on the past five years. And it's time to make a change. I'm, I'm, I'm. Quite frankly, I'm tired of it. Let's make a change. Let's make a change. I'm tired of it. And
1: not only that, but at the same time, we got spoiled. We got spoiled with mobile quarterbacks. Yes. JT Barrett, um, Justin Fields, Troy Smith, you know, Braxton Miller, uh, Terrell Pryor, all mobile quarterbacks. And during that time, well, after uh, Terrell Pryor and, you know, Troy Smith, we had that offensive line was able to move move the pocket. So I feel like we got away from moving the pocket. Even if C.J. Stroud does not feel like running the ball, even though he says he's not a running back and it's not his job to you know run the ball, it's
2: not his job.
1: Um, but when you have like twenty five yards of green in front of you with no defender, I agree. I, you know, but,
2: take and, that. but and you know what? That's one of those things to where uh, you know red shirt freshman, really no playing experience. We don't know if Ryan Day is telling this kid, "I don't want you running the ball under any circumstance." We don't know, but. You know, we could all see times where he definitely could run the ball. That's that's one of the concerns. It's really not a big concern of mine because he plays so well throwing the ball. Uh he's done a tremendous job leading this team. Um I believe the offensive line just has to block better as a whole. They they need a better scheme. They gotta run uh, you know, some different plays. They gotta definitely put some different guys in there, and something has to change. But yes, CJ Stroud definitely needs to um, you know, run to the greener pastures when he sees them. I definitely agree with that, but I don't have a big problem with it because, like I said, everything starts in the trenches, and we should have been able to run the ball. And then we're going to get on that um, wet paper bag defense of ours a little bit later. (laughs) That's really the main concern, but we'll talk about that a little bit later.
1: It is. You know, but like I was getting to, though, even if C.J. Straw doesn't feel like running the ball, if you move the pocket, whichever right. way, if you're doing those bootlegs, if you're rolling him out instead of just standing there after his drop back, that right there opens up the whole entire running game and passing him. I agree. You know, so if we did more than that, um, I think it, you know, it'll be a success next year. Now... As far as on offense goes,
2: zone six was incredible. Incredible, incredible. They had a phenomenal season um, with 64 yards. If if Olave chooses to play, which I think he will, he's always been um, team first guy, first class individual, um, great kid. Uh, he's going to go on to do great things in the NFL. I think he'll play. He only needs 64 yards to get in the 1,000-yard club. So um then that'll give the Buckeyes three receivers in a thousand yard club. Um, Zone six uh, has been the best receiving group in the entire country, hands down and it's not even close.
1: Not, yeah it's they're, they're the best three duo out there.
2: and who expected um you know Jackson Smith to be you know leading the team in catches?
1: I didn't see that at I did all. not
2: see that coming. So, Zone 6, uh, in a year review, they had uh, probably the best year. Not probably. They've had the best year of three receivers on one team ever in the history of Ohio State football. Now. Collectively.
1: that That is saying something because we've had, over the last few years, we've had, you know, so, uh, some trios, some duos. You know, nothing like what we've had. You know, we've had Paris Campbell and Terry McLaren. Throw in a little bit of K.J. Hill.
2: A little bit of Curtis Samuel. You know, uh, Curtis
1: Samuel, Johnny Dixon. You know what I'm saying? Nothing, nothing like what we have with. uh, Austin Mack. Austin Mack. You know, I can't forget him. You know, uh, even Rashad Berry, the tight end. You know who was a natural fit at defense, but
2: yeah, defensive end uh, converted over to tight end, then back to defensive end, and back to tight end. You know, sort of like what they're doing with Cade Stover. We'll I don't get like in that it. Later. I don't like it.
1: We'll get in on that one later. But nothing like what we have with Jackson Smith and Jigba, and you know Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, and we got uh Speedy Gonzalez back there uh, at Buka.
2: Man, hey, how about him making honorable mention um, Big Ten Conference for uh, special teams, man? I'll tell you what. He was a uh, shoestring away from about two or three touchdown uh, uh, kicks this year. He, uh, he performed phenomenally. Uh, if, if the receiver room wasn't so loaded, I believe he'd have made a difference on the field as well, uh, getting snaps there. That's just how talented he is. But that receiver room is
1: stacked. Just now, who who's going to be – Who's going to be the next part of the trio? Well. First off, does Garrett stay?
2: Garrett's gone. He's gone. I don't blame him. Um, He's going to be a top 15, top 20 pick. Um, He has all the talent in the world. Um, He's been nothing but a class guy. He has nothing else to prove here. Um, Some of those young guys need to come in and get some reps. I'm not going to be mad at all at him leaving, Um, you know, To go get that bag. You got to chase the bag. That's what you do it for. That's what you come to Ohio State for. You come here to get developed. And uh, you come here to be a first-round pick. And he has that opportunity. I believe he's gone. I say about 99.9%. He leaves.
1: I don't know. I think he stays.
2: That would be a pleasant surprise. I
1: think he stays because he does have something to prove. And...
2: I believe the only thing he would have to prove is uh wanting to come back to win a national championship and beat that team up north. Those are the only two things he have left to prove.
1: I you know what I'm saying? I feel the same way.
2: Um, I just don't know if that's enough for him to come back. It would be a great luxury for him to come back, but I don't I don't I don't foresee that happening. Um uh, it's been a great ride, but if he does come back, hey, I'm with it, man. But
1: I just think he comes back because he got a slapped in the face this year. He got two slaps in the face. We lost to the team up north. And then the other was getting shunned from the Cup Award.
2: Man, that was so bad. How can you have three receivers on a roster, all of them potentially thousand-yard receivers, leading the conference in touchdown grabs? None
1: of them make the award finalists.
2: It doesn't make a bit of sense uh, especially when you've gone head to head with one of the guys that's on the list, uh, Bell from Purdue. Uh, you know he came in Columbus he had uh, like 100 yards he had he had a lot of catches but he, he had no he had no touchdowns. he was pretty much shut down. Uh, they threw the ball 50 times so that's why his numbers were looking like that but uh, he was outperformed by uh, Smith Smith I believe was that his career game that game?
1: No, his
2: career game was against Nebraska. That was against Nebraska. But even in that game, he had he had more yardage and he had more touchdown catches. So did Olave and so did Wilson. So I really don't understand that. And you can any any guy with two two uh working eyes can see that um we should have had at least one. I think minimum maybe two on that list. At least two. At if, minimum. At
1: yes, at minimum. At minimum. At least two. J-Mo Williamson, Williams, whatever the hell his name is. Sorry. have to ask for forgiveness now. I'm going to hell. Um, but I get why he's on there. When you're outshining Michi, you, you know what I'm saying, for Alabama, you know what I'm saying, and you got – really there's no speed in the SEC on the corners – you know, to keep up with you and you're already running a four three, you know, four two, four three, four four.
2: He's he's had a hell of a season. You I just, know,
1: and I give him I give I give him mad respect and mad props. You know, he knew that he wasn't getting on the field.
2: He would have got on the field, but he wouldn't have had nearly as many opportunities as he has over there. Over there. He's the number one guy. He's the best guy that they have over there. So I mean, you know, when situations like that, you just take your hat off to the guy. I'm glad. He went to a situation. He flourished. Hey, you win some, you, you lose some, because if he stayed here, the situation would have been mightily different. He went somewhere else, and he flourished. You got to tip your hat to that, man. Congratulations to that guy. He had a tremendous season. And once a Buckeye, always a Buckeye. We, we, we will support.
1: Yep, and, you know, like I said, I give him mad props and mad respect for doing what he did to improve his life. After college.
2: Yes. Um, he he went and turned himself to a first-round draft pick.
1: Yeah. He did not. No, he, he chased got, the bag. He's got one more one more year, right?
2: Oh, he's gone.
1: He's gone after he, this? He gone. Oh, he's getting in his bag then. He gone. Um, but that's that, you know, and of course, you know, Alabama had to pick up our leftovers. But look what they did. You know what I'm saying? They had a quarterback and things like that, but with our with our zone six receivers here, I believe. Like I said, I think Wilson comes back uh, for one more year. I think um, we'll get more production out of. Uh, we'll get more production at uh, Egg Buka.
2: and then we got and Harrison Jr. Right, right, and um, and Jigba will be the number one guy, of I'm, course. Yep. But hey, and hey, hey don't forget, don't forget, about, don't forget about Julian Fleming. I just do not forget about. Him. I believe he will be in a starting um, rotation next year. I believe it will be him um, and Jigba, and then I think um, Harrison. May grab that other spot. It depends between him and Ekbuka. But I believe you'll see a heavy four-guy, four or four-five-guy rotation next year, you know, to watch some of these young pups, uh, you know, get hungry and start eating.
1: I think we go. Like you said, I think we go to four receivers out, one tight end, you know what I'm saying, or not even the tight end, and, you know, pistol formation or even get back under center. You know what I'm saying, so...
2: Yeah, I'd like to see a lot of that, man. I think, um, you know, a lot of people don't take into consideration that this is the youngest team that the Buckeyes have had since like the early 2000s. And as far as the Power Five conference teams, Ohio State had the youngest team in the entire nation. Yeah. So, you know, we want to rag on them a lot, but you got to go through your bumps and bruises. You got a development process going on there. So that's another thing I want to say. Shout out to C.J. Stroud. Um his his uh process has been nothing short of amazing from what we've seen in the beginning of the year. Uh his transformation has been almost magical. Look at him. I mean, he he's got a seat in New York. He probably won't win. I'm pretty sure he won't win. Uh Bryce Young pretty much has that wrapped up. But I mean, uh as a red shirt freshman who's never thrown a pass in college and um uh, now you're 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 sitting in the seat uh in New York, you know, for the Heisman trophy.
1: Alrighty, so We didn't get to one of our topics for this half. Uh, You know, we're going to be going on a commercial break here in a little bit. Uh, But I do want to throw a question of the day out to you. Uh, See
2: what you got today. Let me see what you got.
1: How many times has a house day played in the Rose Bowl?
2: Hmm. And what
1: is the record?
2: I believe I know half of the answer.
1: So, with that being said, once we come back from break, We are going to touch on a little bit of the lack of defensive uh, changes throughout the season. Um, But I am lighting up this grill right now. And uh, if you see some clouds of smoke coming, appearing on your screen after this commercial break, you'll know why.
2: Yes, the the defensive part of the show will not be as good as the, the offensive part of the show. I guarantee you that. We'll be right back in a moment.
3: If you've ever dreamed of a career in the sports production industry, your dream could come true. The Ohio Media School is enrolling their next sports emphasis class soon. You'll learn about all the different aspects of what goes into the broadcast that you watch or listen to. Go from behind the scenes to the front of the camera. You'll also get hands-on opportunities to practice your skills through the Score On Air network. Call the Ohio Media School at 614-655-5250 or visit beonair.com slash columbus. In sports, you want to have a player that can get the job done right every time. A real all-star, somebody that's dependable and you can turn to when the game is tough. That player in the audio-video industry is the theater. From setting up your home's Wi-Fi network and offices, conference rooms, to setting up home theater inside or outside, to setting up the systems to make your home run smarter and safer as well, the theater people can do it all with the quality of professionalism you can expect every single time. That isn't just a great all-around player. That is an all-star. That is why we are the leaders in audiovisual installation in Central Ohio. So call us at 614-604-6327 or check out our website at ttpcolumbus.com to figure out which products will fit you. And don't forget, amplify your personality. If you've ever dreamed of a career in the sports production industry, your dream could come true. The Ohio Media School is enrolling their next Sports Emphasis class soon. You'll learn about all the different aspects of what goes into the broadcast that you watch or listen to. Go from behind the scenes to the front of the camera. You'll also get hands-on opportunities to practice your skills through the Score On Air network. Call the Ohio Media School at 614-655-5250 or visit beonair.com slash columbus. In sports, you want to have a player that can get the job done right every time. A real all-star, somebody that's dependable and you can turn to when the game is tough. That player in the audio-video industry is the theater people. From setting up your home's Wi-Fi network and offices, conference rooms, to setting up home theater inside or outside, to setting up the systems to make your home run smarter and safer as well, the theater people can do it all with the quality of professionalism you can expect every single time. That isn't just a great all-around player. That is an all-star. That is why we are the leaders in audiovisual installation in Central Ohio. So call us at 614-604-6327. Or check out our website at ttpcolumbus.com to figure out which products will fit you. And don't forget, amplify your personality.
2: Welcome back uh, to In the Shoe.
1: I smell smoke.
2: We already did the offensive rundown and the overview of the offense. Now we're going to give you a taste of this smoke with the defense, man. Real quick. I'm going to let you go first, man.
1: Real quick before, you know, I put the fan to oh, this. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Fan okay. to
1: this smoke. The question of the day was, how many times has Ohio State played in the Rose Bowl?
2: Um, I believe James Meyer had the is it myers um had the correct answer um it's 15 and this will be the 16th game but i do not know the record you kind of got me stumped there
1: all righty so correct answer is 15 times you are correct both of you guys and the record is eight and seven
2: well we we definitely need to get this win um I don't like 8 and 7. Uh, it is over 500, but those are not Ohio State standards. So we need to go in there and we need to kick Utah's ass.
1: That we do. So now, without further ado, I'm going to turn, turn the smoke machine on and uh, let him have at it on this one.
2: Okay, where do I start with this wet paper bag? It was a wet paper bag. Um, it was a catastrophe. It was a disaster. Um, silver bullets, more like plastic nerf bullets. Uh, the deep, the defense was horrendous all year. It was inconsistent. And that's the reason why we are sitting at 10 and two right now, because we could not stop the freaking run. And I don't understand it. Uh, they did make adjustments after the Oregon game. Um, they took, uh, Carrie Coombs off the, uh, play calling duties and, uh, it got a little bit better at times, but, um, you know, you, when you see fat guys eating cupcakes, man, um, you know, that's easy, right?
1: It, it so,
2: is. So when it comes to putting them on a diet, man, how hard is that? And that's what this team needed. We needed a strict diet. I
1: mean, you know.
2: We needed a strict run diet, and we didn't do that. We, 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 we got fat off getting uh, the run stuff down our throats all season. That's what we got fat off, and I'm pissed off about it. <laughs> I'm pissed off about it. Why couldn't they make adjustments? Um, and, And I'm pretty sure we're going to get into this in a minute. Coaching changes have to be made, have to be made. If you want to be a national championship contending team, you have to be able to stop the run, especially when you know that's what the other team is planning on doing and you let them stay on schedule and they run and they run and they put up 42 points. That really grinds my gears, man. It does. So some of the
1: coaching changes I think that we can look at, I do think Al Washington needs out of there.
2: I agree. Linebackers
1: have not been the linebackers that we've been grown accustomed to. Agreed. Um, And I believe Bobby Carpenter and James Laronitis should become linebackers coach. If not, bring in Joshua Perry.
2: Hell, I'll take you. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't see how it could be any worse. Because you got to think about it like this. The guys coming in, you got to look at the transfers. You got to look at the guys that didn't really get to play. These are all um, high uh, blue chip coming in guys, you know what I mean? All four-star, five-star guys. They come in here, and they haven't been getting either developed or the scheme is bad or it's a combination of both. And then you get, you know, A bag of cat poo with a a firecracker in it on your doorstep in a wet brown bag. That's what you get.
1: Yep. And then OC, I do believe we keep Kerry Combs as a DB uh, position coach. Take him away from the coordinator because he's one hell of a recruiter. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Ryan Hill. I do have to say this, but I do believe Ohio State should go after New England Patriots defensive coordinator Alex Daniels. And bring him in because there, there's a reason why their defense has – his defense has five rings. There's,
2: there, there's uh, you know, uh, quite a bit of guys that we can go after that I wouldn't mind seeing in that uh, defensive coordinator role. But uh, something definitely has to be done because, as stated before, this is not Ohio State standards. Uh, as fans, we won't take it. If we have to go down uh, uh, and, and kick down Ryan Day's door – and tell them ourselves that we need a change. We'll do it, and you know we will.
1: I think I'm, I'm smelling a camping session outside of the Woody Hayes.
2: You talking about tailgating, man? We'll be out there lighting up all kinds of stuff.
1: Hey, uh, you know what? That might be a good idea to go out there and actually hold signs and you know, and protest for for some coaching changes. Hey,
2: They say where there's smoke, there's fire, and we will definitely burn some ish down. Believe that.
1: <laughs> and one more. Line coach just to possibly throw out there is the O-line coach.
2: Yeah, we, we've talked about that a little bit. Um, I believe there needs to be a change there. Um, you know, getting back to the defense, they definitely have to make a change there. You know, when you make coaching changes, there's going to be some losses that you're going to take. You, you'll you lose, a, you know, a few recruits here and there. But this is Ohio State. The train will continue to run the way it's been running. Uh, Just hopefully we'll get the right guy in there. I don't know. I want Orlando Pace. I don't know how many guys uh, that they're going to cycle in and out. But definitely at the top, um, you know, for the defense, there definitely has to be a change there. Uh, I agree with you on Al Washington. Uh, The development hasn't been there, and the play certainly hasn't been up to par. So um, I'm interested in seeing what's going on.
1: I want my my matchups. You know, as far as coaches go, Orlando Pace as the O-line coach. Go ahead and bring me in Joe Brady, who just got fired from the Carolina Panthers. Facts. Uh, he's one hell of a college coach. You know, I, I think if he would have developed more here in the college level, going to the NFL, he might have, you know, done something. But the fact that he had Joe Burroughs for two years.
2: I was going to say it was kind of a small sample size. But um, you cannot ignore the national championship. It seemed like a perfect storm over there to where they kind of caught lightning in a bottle. But, um, you know, if you look at the numbers and you look at the production, it's definitely there. Hey, I'll bring them in. i bring them in. i bring them in.
1: I would too. And, you know, like I said, defense goes, bring in, you know, give me Alex Daniels, uh, linebackers. Give, give me little animals. Now, what defensive linebacker will not sit there and turn down Ohio State if James has showed up at your front door with the spiked shoulder pads and you hear, oh, what a rush.
2: That'd be pretty cool, You don't know say hey. sitting
1: in your living room with, the I, fa- with scarlet and gray face paint on.
2: i would make my son sign the letter of intent immediately.
1: Right there. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But, um, or even have a Joshua Perry just because of the way he does his I analytical. Love, I
2: love the way he breaks the game down. He knows the game well. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of younger guys that we can get in there that I know could do a better job. And then there's guys that may come in and do a worse job. We don't know. We just hope that he makes the right hire. Um, the hell, give me Ray Lewis. Those, those guys, that's, you know. <laughs> I doubt if he'll come down off of his uh, his cushy seat, uh, you know, as an analyst. But, uh, you know, some people get the itch to get back into the game. Uh, And if you throw the right bag at him, I mean, you know, who's to say, man? Uh,
1: Give me Ray Lewis and Ed Reed.
2: Man, I'll take you. (laughs) (laughs) This is the second time on this show today that I said I'll take my man Jay Money, and i stand by it. I'll take him over Mr. Washington. I'm sorry uh, you've been pretty good for recruiting. We appreciate it, but um, get out there on the field yeah, to participate, the, so. the the, the linebacking core has not been sweet and uh we like it sweet over here. We like it sweet. Um, that's what we're comfortable at.
1: I like my cake and ice cream and eat it. At Me the same too.
2: Time. Hey, how you how you think we
1: We fat boys.
2: <laughs> how you think this big boys got big, you know what I mean?
1: So without further ado,
2: We like our sweet spots.
1: You know, I'm going to put this I'm I'm going to can the smoke for right now. Um, real quick, I I know we were saving it for the end of the show, but I wanted to congratulate the Ohio State men's basketball team on one hell of a win
2: against Duke. My clap, my clap button ain't working. Y'all don't hear the applause? <laughs> we'll get to that on the next show, man. Uh. Um, you know, beat
1: the number one Duke. It was ten years to the day. Not to the day, but ten years at the time. Since... Last loss to the team up north, and then you know, Duke comes in here. We beat them, they were number three at the time in 2011. And then, uh, they just this past year, three days after we lost up north, they were the number one team and came into Columbus Isle, and uh, they went home empty handed. Um, and then also to Sunday, I believe it was, yeah, Sunday,
2: got the win over uh, Penn State,
1: over Penn State on the road. On the
2: road and uh, victories uh, on the road in the Big Ten, just like football, they're very hard to come by. So it was a good win, and uh, that week actually put the Basket Bucks back in the top twenty-five. We're sitting at twenty-one right now um, with the Big Ten team leading a, the whole country. Hey, tremendous, tremendous game by the Buckeyes against Duke. Um, it was phenomenal. You got to give uh, you got to give them props, man, because a lot of people wrote this team off after you know after the early loss. And, uh, you know, how, what a better way to send Coach K out with the dub. <laughs> you know, Deshaun Steen was rocking.
1: And how about Wheeler?
2: Wheeler was a guy. transferred um, from Penn State. I really didn't expect much out of him. Uh, he's more of a defensive guy. But I'll tell you what, he came in that Penn State game, which he should have, because he was expecting to get booed out there. But uh, he he had a pretty good game. He handled the ball. um, He dished out some good passes. He played some some hellfire defense. And that's what we need from veteran guys like that, especially come around Big Ten tournament time. And when it comes time to get to the dance, we need veteran guys like that.
1: That we do. And there are some issues that uh, I have seen with the Ohio State's basketball team. But uh, next week we will dig – Dive right into the basketball and onto the hardwood court.
2: With the season coming to an end and all we have is the bowl game to talk about, we will dive into the uh, the basketball team, and we'll be doing that for the rest of the season. So you guys look forward to that. We got a lot of good material coming up. We got some good shows. We'll see if we can come up with some giveaways or something like that. Cause this is the number one show and uh, we wanna show our appreciation to our fans, man. So we'll try to figure out some things. We're gonna try to get our budget up because we need more sound effects. I want sound effects. It's what makes a, you know, a dope show, man. If I'm gonna be the host with the most smoke, man, I gotta have a smoke button, man. You, you know your, what I mean? You
1: want your clapper.
2: I want a clapper, man. Can I I'm gonna have to, you know. Mr. Producer. Can We're going we to have to talk to the producer week? and see if we can get some clappers and some, you know, some, some, fireworks. some horns and, uh, you know, a couple other things, man. All right, that's enough of that rant, man. Um,
1: Back to Real Man sport. We have the top ten bowl games. And believe it or not, I went through the list early, uh, earlier and saw some of these bowl games. Jimmy Kimball has his own bowl.
2: That's, <laughs> that's hilarious. But that just comes to, you know, show you what this what this bowl process has declined to with the college football playoff, as we was talking about earlier. A lot of these bowls are diminished. I mean, you know, you might you know you got the wet sock bowl, uh
1: you have the wasabi fenway bowl. You got
2: the soggy cereal bowl, uh, the
1: uh, hell, uh
2: the old lasagna bowl.
1: Your Michigan
2: stink bowl. Hey, there's a lot of them, man. Um, you know, I remember a time when the bowl games meant something. Even you know, a ten and two season is a great season, but for Ohio State, it's a you know, yeah. it's a letdown and a disappointment because we chase championships here, Maybe and so. uh, the, the the college football playoff has definitely diminished the bowl scene. But for start- even 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 the new year six. Games are diminished. And those used to be really big. Even if it wasn't a national championship game, the Rose Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, they were huge. Yep.
1: It's not the same
2: anymore, and I'm sad.
1: To kick off your bowl season on the 18th. Sausage gravy bowl. (laughs) I actually forget. (laughs) (laughs) With extra gravy. You know what I'm Uh, saying? No, but the first bowl game of the season is the Bahamas Bowl. So if you're... You're that team playing in that? You're yeah. in December and you're going to the Bahamas. Hey, that's
2: not a bad consolation prize. Plus, you know no. the you know the the package that they get. I'm pretty sure they get a nice little PlayStation, uh, maybe a little Gucci belt or something like that. You know, PlayStation One, PlayStation One, yeah. Super. So, NES.
1: Without, without further ado, we're going to d- dive into these first two playoff games. First one is Cincinnati versus Alabama.
2: Well. As much as I would love the Bearcats to win, I'm sorry to disappoint you folks. They are not going to win. I believe they'll put up a fight for maybe, I don't know, maybe a quarter, quarter and a half. Uh, Bama's just got too much talent. They got the best coach in the game. Um, You know, I'm pulling for the Bearcats, but uh, my pick is definitely Alabama. They're going to cruise.
1: I don't think they're going to cruise. I think it is... And we've seen Alabama do this this season. Struggle against teams that they look down on that are inferior.
2: I agree uh, they, with that.
1: They look at Cincinnati as a inferior team because they're not a Power 5 team. At least not this year. They will be in the Big 12 coming soon. But with that being said, Auburn, LSU, Texas A&M, Arkansas, all teams that yes some of those teams were ranked, but they were also looked upon as inferior <clears throat> Alabama had Alabama is like
2: I believe Cincinnati beats all those teams by the way
1: which I do too but Alabama is like the the rich white folk in in, in Dublin that look down on everybody because they get the they are
2: privi- t- the privileged. yes
1: they're privileged. And when you're like Nick Saban and you're Alabama and you got so many damn championships over the last few years, you have the right to do that.
2: They deserve to feel the way they do because they are the king of the hill. They've been the king of the hill uh, for years now. So, uh, I so mean, with
1: that being said, I am pull. I really think Cincinnati can pull this one out. It will come down to the fourth quarter.
2: So you're picking Cincinnati. I am. Wow.
1: I'm picking Cincinnati.
2: My head just got blown off. Is this guy all right? Let me check his temperature over here. Is he okay? Yeah, I promise I took my medicine. Today. Oh, man. she's man. Well, you know what, man? We like a little bit of spice and excitement on the show. He's going with uh, Cincinnati. I'm going with Bama. Uh, like I said, uh, from top to bottom, you got the you, you got the best roster in football, and you got the best coach, man. That's a you know a, a winning success formula for me, and um, I got Bama,
1: and I got the na- nasty natty. Next one up, Go
2: Cats, Bearcats,
1: and the Fighting Fickles.
2: In the Fighting Fickles, uh, shout out to Luke Fickle, man. He had a phenomenal season. It's not over up. yet. He did a great job.
1: So with that, onto the next, Georgia versus Michigan.
2: I got the dogs, man. I got the dogs. Um, number one, they're a more talented team. Now it's hard for me to pick them because um, you know Kirby not so smart. Um, he chokes in the big games, man. He is yet to really win the big game. Uh, you know they they you know they made it far and they've won some games, but when it comes to getting the big win, it's avoided him. It's eluded him. Um, He somehow seems to get stiff in those games. But um, I believe the roster is more talented. They have played, you could say, the best football, even though they haven't really played anyone up until Alabama. But I believe the Dogs get the, the dub. And number one, I'm never picking that team up north. Are you crazy? That's number one. Let's get to the real point out here. Ain't nobody picking those dudes. They're bums. Get them out of here, man. I'm not congratulating them on nothing. No. So dogs, you go with the dogs, dogs, what's, hurr,
1: that, hurr, hurr, hurr. what's Lee Corso say? Not so fast, my friend.
2: Oh man, here now, we go. I,
1: I, I am picking Georgia.
2: Okay. I am picking. Okay. Georgia. I was about to, well, I was about to get up out of my seat.
1: <laughs> I am picking Georgia because you know, yes, they haven't played any, anybody all year. They played Alabama. Their secondary got exposed. With that, you know Kirby Smart even said something about that too. Like, you know, our secondary is questionable. They got exposed.
2: Now some of their top receivers were out too.
1: Well, only one, but you know. Uh, with only with that being said, Michigan is one dimensional. I'm taking all the respect away from their receivers because their receivers are trash. They are one dimensional, and I say I wouldn't this. say
2: trash. They just—they're not really a passing team. They're trash. Okay. Trash. You heard it. They're trash.
1: They are trash. Um, with that being said, Georgia's rush defense actually stopped Alabama. You know, slowed Alabama's running defense or running game
2: down. Yeah. They if got beat. They got beat with big plays over the top.
1: Big number ninety-nine Davis for Georgia.
2: Oh, they was getting it done. They was getting it done in the trenches. They just.
1: You go up against Hassan. Uh, they
2: was getting beat up. Haskins. On. They was getting beat up. Or Blake Corum. They're going to shut them down. That's what I'm saying. They're going to so shut that down. And, and and to your point, if they make them one-dimensional, it's going to be a long game.
1: Yes. And that's why I'm picking Georgia over that team up So north. you
2: think close or what, what do you got? What do you got?
1: I think Georgia wins. Uh, right now the point spread is a seven-point game. Georgia is favored.
2: You think they'll cover?
1: I think they cover and uh, by three scores.
2: That's about how I like to see it go. I like to see uh, them win by about five scores. That'll make me feel good. <laughs> um, you know, they they. But you know what? Uh, they had a heck of a season. Uh, you know, they had a heck of a season.
1: So then we got. I want to believe this game is the. Oklahoma State versus Notre Dame
2: I like Notre Dame um I think uh Freeman's gonna be a hell of a coach I believe it was a great hire uh they get to keep the the recruits that they had uh the young guys love him he's an up-and-coming um defensive mind coach uh if he brings the right guys in I believe that uh they take Oklahoma State out because uh Notre Dame has a pretty good defense, and if Oklahoma State cannot run the ball, they get into trouble. That's where they get into trouble, and I believe that plays right into Notre Dame's strength. So I like Notre Dame.
1: Or if they don't get a fourth, uh, fourth and goal, you know, conversion, but uh, that was close. I'm going with Notre Dame. Uh, I love Marcus Freeman. You know, he's one hell of a coach. He's gonna. He's already bringing swagger back to the Fighting Irish. I think they, you know, they start to become, you know, the fighting Irish of old, you know, back in the 90s and the
2: 80s. Golden Domers.
1: Yep. Um, So, with that, Notre Dame beats Oklahoma State comfortably. Agreed. Uh, Next one, Baylor versus Ole Miss. I'm going to start this one off because I feel sorry for Baylor. Yes, they're going down to New Orleans to the Sugar Bowl. However, they should be in Arizona playing as the Big 12 champion that they are, they should be playing Notre Dame. Um, I don't feel Oklahoma State should be there. I think Oklahoma State should be, you know, where Baylor is playing Ole Miss. But with that being said, I'm taking Baylor over Ole Miss.
2: Not so fast, my friend. Um, Baylor's had a tremendous season. Um, they knocked off Oklahoma. They knocked off Oklahoma State. Um they uh, definitely deserve to be in one of the New Year Six uh, bowl games. Uh, and like I said, they had a tremendous season. But uh, I'm going to go with the fighting Lane Kiffins, man. As much stuff as he, uh, he's he been through and how much he's been in the the headlines, man, uh he's a pretty good coach, man, and uh, he can coach the hell out of some offense, man. Uh, wherever he's gone, the offenses look tremendous. And Matt Corral's had a hell of a year. Yep. Ole Miss has an exciting offense. Uh You know, they're kind of one of those teams that play down to the competition, too. But Baylor's a good team. So I think you'll see a high-scoring, explosive game. But I like uh, Ole Miss to pull it out.
1: Well, we're going to shift right on over to, I believe this is the, I don't know which bowl game this is going to be for this one, but uh, Pitt versus uh, Sparty
2: this is you a tough
1: a, you got a heisman trophy a, this is a tough game Getting to pick
2: it. because i feel like the acc it was a down year for the acc you got you know when when clemson doesn't win um you know that conference and uh they're barely in the top 25 at the end of the year it's definitely a down year for the acc uh kenny pickett um it's probably going to be a top five top five top 10-pick, maybe the first uh, QB taken in the draft this year. He's a tremendous football player. I just don't know how good they really are considering the teams that they've played in that conference. Uh, Michigan State, uh, it's the same way. It's like I I don't know which team you're going to get. At times they could be offensively challenged – Uh, that's, that's like a toss up for me, man. I'm going to have to go with the big 10 conference and I'm going to go ahead and go with Sparty, even though I don't really feel confident in that pick. I'm going to go with Sparty. Who got Uh, (laughs) quartered? Oh. I just,
1: (laughs) I think Pickett is a phenomenal quarterback. He can make those, he can make those passes that, uh, Tight windows and things like that. I think with this bowl game, Kenneth Walker the third, I think has a. Uh, this is his final year. I think he goes to the draft.
2: You think he leaves?
1: I think he leaves. Um, He's got
2: another year eligibility.
1: I still think he leaves. Um,
2: I think he wants vengeance too because you I, haven't really been hearing too much about him since that Ohio State game.
1: Yeah, and with that being said, I don't think Pitt's run defense can handle Kenneth Walker. I think he has a breakout. I think he gets 300. Woo! Uh, On a, you know, on a decent pit team.
2: You see my eyes?
1: Um, (laughs) but I think Sparty, Sparty gets it done. And I think Kenneth Walker gets 300 yards in, uh, I want to say three, three touchdowns.
2: Those are big numbers, man. But, uh, he's certainly, uh, capable of putting up big numbers. He's, he's done it all season long, um. It's, it's possible. Those 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 are uh, some lofty numbers. We'll see if uh, he can live up to Jay Money's expectations. We'll see.
1: And finally, the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl.
2: Ooh. Now, this certainly presents, uh, you know, a big challenge for Ohio State simply because they play the type of football that is um, not uh, good to the way we play. <laughs> 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 it's a matchup nightmare. In other words, um, reminiscent of the team up north. This, to me, is a prove it game uh, to see if they can get things fixed at least schematic wise before the game. They have a month before the game, less than, uh, less than a month. But considering they didn't play over the weekend, they have about a month to prepare for the game. Um, matchup wise, it's a nightmare. Um we got to win in the trenches. We're going to see if they make the necessary improvements to stop the run, and we'll see if we're able to run the game. I uh, totally believe not in the entire staff, but I believe in the head of the staff, and I believe he will be able to make the corrections just enough to win this game and go into the offseason. I like Ohio State. I can't say big. And it's depending on who decides to opt out for this game because if Wilson and Olave don't play, uh, it's definitely going to make a difference because those guys um, are, you know, like comfort blankets for for Stroud. So uh, if he doesn't have those guys, it could definitely um, change. Yeah, it could change the schedule up. And uh, if we can't pass the ball, a lot of times we are in big trouble. Final score. I'm gonna go OSU 38, Utah 28.
1: All righty. I hate I hate comparing teams, but the Utah Utes are reminiscent of the team up north. The way that they were able to run over Oregon not just one week but
2: they with, manhandled less
1: than 2 weeks
2: they manhandled them.
1: you know 2 weeks time in between games and they manhandled they they went duck hunting and you know they they just blew the ducks out of the water figuratively and literally um, with that being said it's put up or shut up time for these coaches to see if we're gonna, you know, if we're gonna spend the money to keep you around next year, um, and that's honestly, er, I'm not gonna say every coach.
2: Yeah, I, I think I think that sh- that particular scenario should be a foregone conclusion anyway for some of these coaches. No matter how how the game goes, uh, moving forward, there still has to be changes made. But I believe that for this one game, the defense will be up to the task.
1: I hope so. You know, I'm I'm not doubting Ohio State. I'm just I'm worried.
2: You should you be know? And because it's, it's a matchup nightmare for us. The the things that they do well um are the things that really hurt us in the big games this year. Their strengths are very much um our weaknesses. Yes.
1: And you know, it's uh it's scary. But with that being said, I'm taking You guys might recognize this score. 35-28, Ohio
2: State. Okay. Which was the same score of the Oregon-Ohio um, State game early in the year. Yes. Ah, you son of a gun. Why would you have to remind me of that, man? Hey. I thought I, th- I thought we took care of each other, man. You come hey. out here and hurt my feelings.
1: That incision already closed. Live on the show. Look, that incision That's how closed. we get down now? Yep.
2: Hey. Hey, man, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. So, with man. that
1: being said, both myself and I know – King Art here. We'd like to wish everybody happy holidays. Happy
2: holidays. I hope you got lots of turkey. Uh, shout out to the Buckeye Bro Show on Thursdays. Uh, make sure you check those guys out. What's their time slot? 7.30 to 9.30. 7.30 to 9.30, the Buckeye Bro Show. Um, got lots of good stuff over there. Um,
1: Keep an eye out. Uh, we are going to be expanding onto YouTube. You know, for our after hours program. So just keep an eye out for that. And uh, we will let you guys know when we're launching that. Um,
2: hey, thank you for spending another episode inside the shoe with us.
1: And with that, OH. Ayo. And we're going. Bye, bye, bye.